Hello, and welcome to the Gems of Rock podcast, where two best friends talk all things rock music. I am DB, and with me is my co-host, DJ. Hello, everyone. I nailed that intro. I normally stumble on a, at least one word. I normally go, eh, eh, that, eh, that. <laughs> News this week, you sent me something slightly infuriating. Yeah, because I just like, I just wanted to piss you off. Completely <laughs> I think nice. you sent it and then went, <laughs> It was more like, I look forward to the potential reaction here, yeah. Bring Me the Horizon and uh, Machine Gun Kelly, everyone's favourite rock star, have uh, teamed up and made a song. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that noise. Not a fan of it? It... The, the, no, there's fucking... There's nothing to it. It lacks substance. It doesn't... That's that's the fucking perfect way of putting it. There's fucking nothing to it. It's such a kind of... Meh. If it wasn't for the last 20, 30 seconds where you hear Ollie scream, even his verse is just really lacklustre. It's just like... Oh, it's... Well, I think uh, there's a few things to deconstruct. I think it's the problem of your growing hatred of machine gun kelly that's festering and mutating beautifully there's the unrelenting love of ollie and all things bring me and i think like me more so than you struggled with bring me featuring ed sheeran i don't think i can i love when bring me feature someone you know young bloods mm-hmm. um baby metal baby metal you know <laughs> um amy amy lee yes yeah, you know yeah. Like that in the, what there's the first of six EPs did we discussed last time potentially yeah, coming exactly, out. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I know it's gonna be one of the longer ones, so that's that's by the by. I don't think we can be comfortable with bring me featuring as much. I know we can with bite my tongue with you me at six. Yeah, bro, but, yeah, but but it's still golden age, isn't it? That and it was just Ollie. It wasn't. It was, it's not bring exactly, me. Yeah, it's so like, well, well, sides, where's yeah. the where's the whole band getting involved here, yeah. Joe? Or where's where's their sound? Where's their stand? Where's their imprint? So yeah, so you've got you've got the distaste of one, and so the, the, it, it suffers with from the same as bad habits. There's not enough. Not br- enough. Bring, bring me, me the horizon. There's not enough grit to it. You you're listening to stuff, and you listen to bring me the horizon tracks, and like. Favorite Bring Me the Horizon tracks just fucking grab you as soon as they. The, the prime example is um, Seb Eternal, isn't it? It's that. Um, just that everything on the album just fucking grabs you as soon as yeah, it starts. Yeah, bro- well, yeah, yeah. If, if you want to go back and listen to our Bring Me the Horizon, we'll episode, try not to bang them out too much. It's quite long, but um, <laughs> there's not enough to it for me. It's there's fucking nothing to it. Sorry, I'm just I feel I was you. quite. Held back last time I mentioned Machine Gun Kelly, but now fuck that guy. Well, <laughs> fuck I, I, that I, guy. I, when I sent it to you, I was like, well, I've got to give it a couple of listens. I've listened to it like, a couple of days apart, given it a few. And I've tried to be objective as I can in what is by nature, and the amount of times I say this on a per episode, subjective. Yeah, but it is shit though, isn't it? Well, there's that, but do you know, like, one way to piss me off from the start is not counting to four properly. It goes two, three, five. <laughs> That's how the song yeah. opens. And I'm, I know I'm not musically inclined in any way, shape, or form, but like, at least either don't say four or just start playing. It's a thing, isn't it? He's done it as a kind Two, three, of like, five. Like, yeah, yeah. you... Like, ugh, dick. Isn't he, though? Isn't he? Yes. <laughs> like, Fuck that guy. Like, But I wouldn't expect of all the things to piss Fuck me off. You. It was just like, oh, like, we're not counting properly now. Is that? Is that? That's that's not going to get me on side, Machine Gun. I'll be honest with you. That's not going to... I know, he's, he's I, a, I know you're not He's a, a current stain on the way Rock is at the moment. You reckon? He, he fucking... He jo- he, 
He doesn't belong here. <laughs> this is a local shot for local people. You're going to start quoting. Just, isn't it? But like, he's due a genre change, surely. What are we on now? He's, he's been in this one for a year or two. He so he's done rap, rap into rock. Yeah, come on. Who wants him? Country, country music. Reggae. Reggae, go on. Uh, Fuck uh, off over to uh, reggae. Right, I come on, you know those, um, you've seen those knobheads, those island boys. I'm an island boy. You've seen them? No, <laughs> no. They're all over social media. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Fuck that guy. Okay. I'm not angry at Bringing the Horizon for collabing and making a song. I'm just disappointed. But as I said last episode, there's clearly someone sees something in him. Money, talent, something. Or has he just got Produces. all the money and he just goes, uh, uh, yeah. he goes, people, right, name your price that you want He will pay their price for, exactly. for 30 yeah, yeah. seconds for a minute, whatever. Because that was the thing with um, <clears throat> Corey Taylor, wasn't it? He, he asked Corey Taylor to record a verse for him and Corey just went, nah, man, not my scene. Sorry. Yeah, jobs are good. It's, it's just not a job for me kind of thing. And then that kind of sparked the Machine Gun Kelly kicking out against Corey. And it's like, oh, no, just know your fucking place. Leave. <laughs> Fuck that guy, man. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, this week, I wanted to... We're going to discuss the um, the creator of all music. <laughs> Bob Dylan. <laughs> it's such a... We've gone from such a sort of energetic and hateful beginning to music that I listen to when I want to just calm down. If I want to be in the sun and I want to just like sit down in the garden or go for a drive put the windows down in the car and it's sunny do I need to pause just like you listen to a few songs oh, just get, mate, get, just, get right in the back I can space. hear it in the back of my head and it's making me happy but right. man Bob Dylan Bob Dylan man a person who inspired the Beatles to create some of their stuff and is still touring I mean that fucking blow, that in itself blows my mind that the Beatles list him as an inspiration but he's and he's still touring. Does that not just it just? Well, longevity is a word. Fucking it's, it's, it's like, I reckon on the DJ bullshit bingo cards. I've already mentioned subjective longevity's got to be on there. The amount of times we bring up longevity, it's like, just uh, incredible. Just that commitment to the music is just phenomenal. The fact that he's because he, he is eighty now. He was born in forty one. He's eighty years old, and he's got tour dates lined up for twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty but mad. obviously, I mentioned they created all music, as he did. <laughs> so, <clears throat> most people will mainly know Blown in the Wind and uh, Times Are Changing, because I think there are the, the big two hitters or are still used in pop culture or still used in different elements, and people will remember. And I really like... So my, it's, um, we mentioned it in our... Uh, we did a Versus episode, and it was a movie tra- movie soundtracks one. Yes. And the times are changing. I could just couldn't let it go. I know. I, I, I've almost got a bit of an irk with this song based on how far <laughs> you pushed it. And I've got nothing against the song. It's more against how much you pushed it. And I yeah. kind of, I feel like I should have argued more thoroughly. And I, I bent to your will. Because yeah, I don't got, think... It got further than it That song deserves a place in many echelons of many conversations. But in terms of... It was your love of Watchmen. It was your love of the song that pushed it that far. And I don't think it deserved to get that far in our tournament. Yeah. I'm still a bit bitter about it. Maybe not. <laughs> But that intro is, fuck, it's so good. That just, if you never watched the full movie Watchmen, because the full one is about three hours long, just watch that opening credit sequence with the times of changing. In the Vietnam War. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Where it it just goes through the different 
eras of eras Watchmen. of the Watchmen and what the time they were living in and oh it's it's so good it's such a feast it's fucking amazing so what is it that calms you so much and put, brings you such happiness is it because it's all acoustic is it I think what, what it is, is it? I think that plays a part of it and it is all acoustic it's I like the harmonica as well I quite yeah. like I don't know it's really because it is it's folk music isn't it it's, mm-hmm. probably, it's mainly folk music but I don't know it's something about it it must be the mixture of the acoustic guitar the harmonica and he, his vocal patterns because he okay. can't he can sing and he can't sing a lot of his things are him talking singing and when he does try to sing it's a bit like oh but i think i quite like that it's so unique it's not so i don't know I don't, it's something about it just mellows me out the, the way it just comes together yeah is it like so obviously his, his style of singing is it like lyrically during quite or, or, or is it because he often tells such a story for the length of time that be yeah yeah again We'll get onto some of his tracks in a bit, but mm. that as well, he is a storyteller in his songs. Like mm. some, of it, it's it's so lyrically gifted that he can write these amazing fucking tracks. But it is the, 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 mainly the music music musicality of it I is third time's a charm. So again, like the 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 makeup of the songs where it is acoustic guitar and it's the harmonica and it's him singing and it's the it's just the medley of everything together i don't know it just really mm. or maybe it's probably nostalgia as well so i've had times where i'll have probably listened to that song and it has been nice and i've been chilled and it's been sunny so i'll then so like relay oh, back to you, you've almost created with the, exactly. your own causal relationship exactly like yeah, yeah. one fed into the other and it's kind of like a bit like a positive feedback loop. absolutely yeah, yeah it's that and i've got that with the kinks as well whenever i listen to any kinks music like a waterloo sunset or stuff like that i'll go really kind of I like this. I'm all right now. I'm gonna. This is we'll mellowed me out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah, he's 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 definitely up there for one of my favorite artists because he's just insane. And like you say, longevity. He's just been fucking going for ever and ever and ever. I've got a few. I made a list of some covers because obviously I said that he makes. He, he's been doing this for so long he created most music and we've got a joke within the group as well that is like if there's any a song you don't know and you all it was, it was a cover it. Yeah, Bob, Dylan, Bob Dylan wrote it yeah. doesn't matter if a song that came out do you know that song we just listened to by Machine Gun Kelly and Ollie Sykes Bob technically Bob Dylan wrote it you know, 20, you know like, it's like you can trace all ancestry back to Africa you can trace all music musical ancestry back you to can, Bob Dylan you can <laughs> absolutely trace yeah everything at some point goes back to uh, Bob Dylan I've already lost the fucking playlist that I did I better not hum too many of his songs in case <laughs> someone goes copyright go, copyright so one that I didn't realise that I was pointed out well, it was a few years ago someone pointed out that I didn't realise was a Bob Dylan song until I was at um, one of my old jobs and one of my colleagues said uh, mentioned it to me it's Make You Feel My Love by Adele yeah it's a Bob Dylan track yeah yeah Oh, and again, that was like one of her first ones because I think that's off her first album, nineteen. Oh yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, that's yeah, early yeah. Adele. Yeah, that's when she's first but like. Obviously, it. it's it's a Bob Dylan track, and I was like, holy shit! I I always thought that that was her song, and oh, she just make it her own, obviously. Cause it's mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Her version's amazing, but yeah. So that was one that kind of went, oh shit! Uh, Knocking on heaven's door is a, a massive one. Would you kill me if I said I prefer the Guns N' Roses version? No. I mean, the Guns N' Roses version is fucking. It, it takes it takes it to another level for me. Yeah, it's it's just fair enough. Just that little bit of extra energy, that little like. It's just Axel, doesn't he? Axel adds his own. The, the, it's almost. I want, I want to say wine. It is a wine because it's a bit high pitched. The way he puts yeah. like a moan almost in his and the guitar. Yeah, just, just, a, just a bit more for me on knocking on heaven. 
Wah, you know his voice. And going, yeah, yeah. Wah. <laughs> yeah. Wah. Yeah, Axel Wario. <laughs> <laughs> Wah. <laughs> it's a good fucking way of doing it. Yeah, no, that's what yeah, yeah. the way he goes knocking on heaven's door. Yeah, yeah. That way. But no, I definitely prefer. Like, fair play for him to setting it up, but I, I, I do prefer the guns. I was scared to actually admit it. No, 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 that's fair <laughs> enough. Is it good for? Well, the next one is the big one. Is that a lot of people will prefer the cover. Or not know that it's a cover of the mm. and it's all along the watchtower. Yeah, it's everyone will associate. Well, depending on what generation you're from, most people will associate that song with Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix, absolutely, Jimi Hendrix version of all along the watchtower because it was such a track that was used in all the in, in like all your Vietnam films and that kind of era stuff. It's always used in one of the. If you watch one of those films and they've managed to get the copyrights for it, that song will be played at some point. Normally, probably helicopters going over with a sunset behind like an mm. apocalypse now kind of thing but yeah that is a phenomenal track yeah I'm singing it now it's so good <laughs> I really like the U2 version of it mm. U2 do a cover of it on the uh, Under a Blood Red Sky and it's really really good they've got a couple mm. of good covers on that one actually U2 but, but yeah their cover of All Along the Watchtower is really good but again it's listening to the Bob Dylan one I've, I've got a massive appreciation for that now Again, not knowing it was his track and then listening to it, and I was like, then hearing what Jimmy did to it, I think it was fantastic. But yeah, that'll be a that'll split the crowd kind of thing. Uh, I've got another cover which was um, Maggie's Farm, which Rage Against the Machine covered, which I like the Rage Against the Machine cover of Maggie's Farm. The cover of Maggie's Farm I also heard was one by an old punk band called the UK Subs, who again I'd love to talk about and do an episode on because UK Subs are phenomenal. I spoke about them a bit in the debut episode one of the proper 70s punk British boom bands. And uh, yeah, they did a cover of Maggie's Farm as well, and that's really good. But um, the last cover I've got on here, and again, there'll be fucking thousands of them that I've not even got to or can't find or not quickly added into the playlist. My Chemical Romance do a, uh, a cover of Desolation Row, which is used in... Um, Again, I think it's the end of the end of the watch. It's in Watchmen, so it's mm. in the end credits of that. And again, listening to them play Desolation Row was the first time I ever heard that track, and I was like, "This is so good!" Because they really, it's like their Danger Days kind of style that they're in. So it's all sort of hundred miles an hour. It's fast. It's quick. It's it's like it's it sounds like na 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 na. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of massive kind of thing to it. I know, <laughs> banging the table, but um, <laughs> but again, listening to the Bob Dylan one, it is so much like his classic folk music mm. track and it, again it's so weird to hear the contrasting but it's the same words and same lyrics and same story but the the difference between them is just night and day from reading his official charts there's only one other major artist that you've not mentioned from your list so like when you go into his official charts you know a bit of a blurb and that sure yeah hendrix roses um you two it's actually got a couple of others it mentions the birds okay yeah yeah um the other one is share <laughs> Okay. And apparently across her career, she's recorded 10 different Dylan songs from 65, like all throughout like the mid to late 60s. Um, so she's done All I Really Wanted, Want To Do, Don't Think Twice Is All Right, Blowing In The Wind, Like A Rolling Stone, I Want You, The Times They Are A Changing, she's done a version of them in 67, uh, Masters Of War, I Threw It All Away, Tonight I'll Be Staying Here With You, uh, Lay Baby Lay. I love Lay Baby Lay. Lay, lay Lady Lay. <laughs> I can't get the word lay, out. Lay Lady Lay. And she's also done a cover of Mr. Tambourine Man on the Sunny and Share Comedy Hour. I really like Mr. Tambourine Man. Um, so t- 10 various covers from the mid to late 60s, all done by Share. So 
clear she was willing to either pay it, wanted to pay it. They must have a good relationship and respect each other. But yeah, that's someone else who's absolutely smashed the music world. Mm. And like, is it like the classic game recognizes game you know, kind, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing? You know, yeah. goat recognizes goat kind of a, a, sh- a shout out from Cher's not one to be uh, wow. not one to be looked up. She's smashed it, man. Yeah, man. His actual chart performance in the UK shocked me a little bit. So, um, obviously, we always tend to look at UK charts just for consistency, and I, I, I've always thought their website's pretty straightforward. So, yeah. apologies to American charts. He's sorry, not, not sorry. Yeah, I'm not, actually. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to give a toss. Right. He's not actually had a UK number one single. Really? According to official charts. He's wow. had six top tens, uh, but he's never had a UK number one single. So, obviously, there might have been re-releases that might have been peaked high, but as I start to scroll down, Times They Are Changing peaked at number nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sub- Subterranean Homesick Blues, number yes. nine. Like a Rolling Stone, number four. Uh, Positively Fourth Street, number eight. Uh, Rainy Day Woman, number 12 and 35. Uh, peaked at seven. Uh, Lay, Lady Lay, got it that time. Lay, Lady, Lay. Uh, fifth. And then uh, now else in terms of like officially released charted singles, you know, mm. some, so, and then albums, as you can imagine, is a completely different kettle of fish. Um, albums, nine UK number one albums. <laughs> so the singles, and, and maybe it's the area of music that people bought a couple of albums, the album, you, you, sorry, bought a couple of singles, you know, a couple of tracks, and they got up there, but you didn't need your single to do well. You needed your whole albums. Yeah. You know, people went out and bought yeah, albums. Yeah. You didn't really release individual, you know, you got a bit of radio play, a few, you, you whipped up interest, and then people went and bought your album. Yeah. Um, so he's had nine UK number one albums. I remember going to buy an album. Yeah. I remember, I remember We're kind of that old. To be fair, I still buy albums now because I've not got a fucking MP3. I've not got a fucking oh, noise connection yeah, in my car. car. So I'm still on CD. So I still occasionally buy albums. but yeah. So nine number ones. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that longevity, he's got, he's got albums on albums. Just yeah, he's not, just got fucking... Yeah. He's had 41 in the top 10. That's fantastic. That's a, I think that's the biggest I number. I don't think we're never going to We're not going to top that. Or maybe, maybe if we come around to like a Beatles episode or something, they might mm. get close, but... Well... Individual albums. If you give me a second, I'll, I'll say I'll try and Google it in a sec. Like I reckon they had loads top ones and tens, but mm. that total number. Um, so like if we scroll down to them, um, Free Will and Bob Dylan sit from sixty four number one. Um, what else was it? Bringing it all back home from sixty five number one. Uh, John Wesley Harding from sixty eight number one. The ne- follow up uh, album Nashville Skyline number one. Follow up album Self Portrait number one. Follow up album New Morning. So we had four number one albums in a row. That's some fucking released across sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy, and seventy. So New Morning and Self Portrait released in July and November of the same year. Mm. So between summer and winter, and there's no Game of Thrones <laughs> shit. Like, there's no Game of Thrones summer or winter. No, no. He had two number one albums in the same year, and I'd like to see. I must admit, I've, I wanted. I wish I'd done a bit more googling now to see if he had. Um, if anyone else has done that, is that yeah, yeah. To pump out two albums in a year is somewhere else. Phenomenal, isn't it? They That's both go to number fantastic. one, unless he just marketed it perfectly and struck while the iron was white hot yeah you know you've got artists nowadays that you as soon as they release an album it's going to go to number one regardless almost a given yeah ed sheeran taylor swift exactly those albums you don't get anything like once a year you're not two years at most yeah exactly yeah yeah because because the album tour it finish the tour have a break write the next one go again exactly yeah yeah you're not getting anyone that's dropping fucking two albums a year and they're both going to number one it's bizarre 
And I think, again, like to show either how he changed. And I'm, I'm skipping, you know, number twos, number threes, number fours here. Mm-hmm. So the last number one we mentioned, like I said, was New Morning in 1970. You then have to scroll down for qu- quite a while because he's pumping them out like just nobody's business. His next number one album, if I've scrolled correctly, is from 2009. <sighs> That's the gap. Now, there's, I've skipped past like number two yeah, albums, yeah, number yeah, three yeah. albums, you know. That's I've it. skipped... But it's uh, together through life from 2009, and then you can keep scrolling, and, and there's a right mix bag because it's got like it goes like number three, 80, 97, number five. Mm. So and obviously some of these are re-releases. So like the one that went jumped up to number five was a release of another self-portrait, like a re-release. I don't know if it's a remaster, but then again, his most recent number one album was 2020. <laughs> you know, and then before that he had one in 2015. Yeah, you know, it's so to say, his number one albums go from twenty twenty, all the way back to sixty four. That's the gap between his number one albums. It's gonna be hard to find someone that's that's that that that's got anything near that. Really, it's <laughs> just it? mad numbers. This is just this insane. Diff- like you know how often we've kind of we've we've noticed a trend with poor album, poor single, but great album success or vice versa, mm. depending on the era the artists have been around or eras that they've kind of come and gone and ebbed and flowed. But I'm just, is, that, is that like, I feel like I'm trying to be articulate. I'm just going to blow raspberries into the mic to try and get my point across. It's insane, isn't it? So again, sort of talking the era he was in, sort of the caliber of people he was around with when he was performing. Uh, he was in the super group The Travelling Wilburys, which I need to read up more of because I didn't realise it was a thing. It was um, himself, so Bob Dylan, George Harrison, <laughs> uh, Roy Orbison, Tom Petty and Jeff Lynn uh, were a super group in, the ni- in 1988 and then they won a Grammy for Best Rock Performance in 1990. I'm not sure how much music they did or how much music they created but it's just a bit fucking mad, isn't it? You've got a some big fucking names in there. It's like they've they're playing FIFA career mode and they've, <laughs> and they've like changed it to like have it be taken over by a billionaire and suddenly you've got Mbappe, Ronaldo, and Messi playing for Swindon. <laughs> you know I, mean? you know I mean, you've just got the lineup of your dreams. It's just insane, isn't it? Yeah, but I reckon that'd be a good topic for. I might write that down, like a super groups episode because we've done all what, the playing five aside yeah. or actually playing music <laughs> like, like right so you've got dylan at center back he's marshall and <laughs> like, but no there's enough super groups out there and enough people that we can go do you know what if we make a super group i'd put but yeah because i want to do a bit more on the hollywood vampires because right. we talked alice cooper before as well and we're going to touch a bit more on that but yeah he was in a that's a fucking massive super group um but yeah like you say the blowing in the wind was 1963 it's just, I think he got his first single out before the Beatles got their first single out. Or it was something like the first, his first like American number one before is, the Beatles. Is that the first version of first? <laughs> Old school just, YouTube yeah, yeah. comments, first. <laughs> it just blows my mind that he's still going and he was around before. The, around before, like the Beatles, I know we said Chuck Berry, we've done the Chuck Berry episode where we created rock music, but... To, for someone to be around during the creation and the moulding of how this rock music thing came about, and he's still fucking talking, just absolutely fucking blows my mind. And on the first day, Dylan was created. And exactly. It, and, and it was good. It's just the genesis insane. of rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but again, it's one of those, isn't it? It's not... He is, does not necessarily a rock artist. He's very much folk. It's yes. not... There's no folk rock, rock element it, it, to it, really. Is it a subset of rock? Does it fall under the rock I'm umbrella? I'm not sure. 
there was there's the story that he was playing uh, he was playing a gig or a festival somewhere in England and using electric guitar. And he brought an electric guitar and everybody out, rioted. And he got booed. Yeah, he got yeah. massively booed. And then from then he's kind of gone. Yeah, do you know what? Acoustic. Stick to acoustic and harmonic. Because are, are the, is it more? There's like a Venn diagram overlap rather than it, it falls under the umbrella of rock. Like they, Maybe. They, they are parallel. They they they, yeah. sh- they share a social circle, as it were. But I don't think there's many OG rock bands coming up and that w- we'll talk about in this podcast that wouldn't consider Bob Dylan as an influence in their music. Mm. So in that aspect, yes, it's it's the Venn diagram of where it lingers rather than rather being him being a the, rock artist the, the overarching he inspired the, rock artist yes because rock is like you know we i think we i keep picturing this huge umbrella mm. that all these branches there's all like a family tree or something yeah, yeah. You know, ever spawned Absolutely. from a split off so you think his folk style and folk is separate yeah. to that but adjacent exactly yeah maybe for his so not necessarily the musicality of it maybe songwriting and his political politically charged lyrics and challenging like structures that were in place and stuff like that gives well if you've got bands like rage against the machine wanting to cover your songs there's something in your music that's triggered something in someone if mm. that makes sense mm. like that, that yeah what what is your favorite song of his Where would you i go? think it's hurricane mm. which we mentioned before we had a quick listening, yeah, skipping through some tracks. It, it, it woke a synapse in me that made me feel a little guilty and a little happy. It was a weird mixture of emotions, you know, you know like a, <laughs> inside out. It was, it, was like sure, the, yeah. it was like it woke a core memory of a couple of different colours. Bing you bong. Know. Bing bong. Who's your friend that likes to play? No, don't get that, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's me for the fucking rest of the evening. We're not recording another episode now. We're watching Inside <laughs> Out. We're on it. Um, no, I, I, I had a very distinct... All of a sudden, I was playing it just to familiarise myself with some of his songs. And it was just like bang, like that's so raven, like put, you know, like zooming in on my eyes, and I like remembered a memory of my dad playing it in the car. And my dad, I didn't realize my dad probably opened me up to so much type of music now. Mm. And I remember my dad explaining the story, and I can't remember where we were driving. He was like, "Oh, that's a nice memory to remember." Shit, I feel guilty for forgetting that nice memory. And my dad trying to share this moment with me, and, and I'm gonna leave you to tell the full story because you are much more informed than I. But it was just like, I'm glad Dad told me the story. I feel bad that I should probably read up on this story because, you know, it's one of those things my dad has shared with me and I should have remembered it more. But what he shared with me about the song Hurricane was... So it's, um, it's about a middleweight boxer called uh, Ruben Carter who was uh, an athlete who was falsely charged with murder and imprisoned and tried. Uh, tried. It's, if you, you need to listen to the song to get the idea of it. Again, I'm not sure on how many different parts of the song are 100% accurate because of everything I've said that the song is based on this. This event did happen. He was falsely charged with the murder he didn't commit. Uh, he was a black uh, coming up boxer. And because of the time and the era and the place in which he lived, it was literally the police would have decided that they you were going to pin it on him. Exactly, yeah, yeah. To the point where there was loads of evidence against like supporting that he didn't do this it was someone else he was somewhere else to the point in where in like he's brought in front of a witness who was there at the crime and the witness has gone why have you brought this person in front of me this isn't this mm. isn't who did it but then was still like if you listen to the song it is monumental but again it's it's that it's bob dylan putting that song out there and making aware making a statement it's sort of like it is like a protest song and it is like this isn't okay it's it's making a stance on the, well the brutality and prejudice against black people especially in america it's 
horrific, like it is and was horrific. And it's just such a massive statement. And yeah, I've heard people say that we don't get musicians or people like that anymore, or especially enough. Like Bob Dylan was very open. And well, if they do it and they use their platform to do it, they don't really often do it in their songs. No. So a celebrity might use their platform to speak out, share, promote interest, whip, whip up her, mm-hmm. but they rarely then do it, go and do a song about it sure. or make an album about it. It's, it. It doesn't always translate directly into what they do, maybe. Yeah, maybe exactly. Fair yeah, yeah. Yeah. They use their status to make statements rather than putting the statements through their And some music. do. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. But it's some not, as, yeah, yeah, absolutely. not but, as prevalent. But for the, yeah, for the time and for, for again, just... Mad, but yeah, listen to Hurricane because it's a fantastic story. It's w- very well articulated because Bob Dylan's a poet. And but yeah, listen. Oh, to you've set me up there because he's a poet because he's also won. Oh, go on. Segway. Um, he's he's won the Nobel Prize in Literature. He has won the Nobel Prize in Literature, two thousand and sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. And it's an odd one. Like I've I've read through his um the speech that welcomes me on stage. And if anyone feels like testing their like Wordle slash countdown skills, <laughs> slash if you if you're recently about to play Scrabble with someone, Jesus wept read this speech first because man does the guy that introduced him know some bloody words, um, <laughs> and make sure you're well caffeinated because I was half reading it and I had to like give myself a few slaps on the face. Um, <laughs> he said you got to read something and then I didn't. Take no, it yeah, that, that didn't just read it whoosh. Again. Yeah, straight over the top of the bonnet. Yeah. Um, but the, the the guy basically talks through about what it is. To mean in literature and he almost preempts that people are like why is the music artist winning the Nobel Prize in literature you know he, you can tell he's fully aware of some of the backlash that might have been received or could be received after the fact yes and he addresses it in the speech um, he basically talks about uh, there's a quote here um, what matter the rank of a work when its beauty is of the highest rank this is the straight answer to the question of how Bob Dylan belongs in literature, as the beauty of his songs is of the highest rank. So it's basically talking about how certain things can change genres and shift our definitions and you know just move things and how it makes comparisons to bards and romantics and you know kind of Greek and Roman you know things of that nature, mm-hmm. and that he changed our idea of what poetry is. Yeah. And, you know, even though there's like in the past, it was like this, like it actually mentioned something I didn't know. And I love etymology that the word lyric mm. comes from the instrument lyre. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never met, connected the two. It's just like, boom, etymology, <laughs> words, the more you know, love it, you know. But um, there's one here, the, the quote he finished on was... Um, He's a singer worthy of a place besides the Greeks, the romantic visionaries, besides the king and queens of the blues, besides the forgotten masters of brilliant standards. If people in the literacy world groan, one must remind them that the gods don't write, they dance and they sing. The good wishes of the Swedish Academy follow Mr. Dylan on his way coming to the bandstand. So, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good claim. It's a yeah, good yeah. point. But yeah, because he, he is he's, he's just a genius, the way he's songwriting was and well still continues to be it's insane again the amount of people that you'll will cover on this podcast that list him as an inspiration just speaks for itself it's just he is the og <laughs> like of the highest rank as the yeah, speech yeah. just said I, I say we leave it there yeah absolutely but yeah go ahead go listen to some bob dylan i say you can go out have a pint in the sun how about that go yeah. and just enjoy, like it's march there's potentially sunshine it might not last time it 
Go yeah. enjoy yourself. <laughs> go listen to Bob Dylan and go chill the fuck out because, man, his music's just so fucking cool. Or maybe first wind yourself up by listening to something <laughs> you to then... Listen to some Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> you know, you know like you say, like, um, you won't feel the benefit if you don't take your coat off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you won't feel the full benefit of Bob Dylan unless you're wound up first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. What a fucking legend. So go and bite into a Kit Kat, piss yourself off. <laughs> yeah, rather than break it into oh, it sure, but, yeah. But, but, yeah, yeah, yeah we've got rules with kickouts yeah. thanks for listening everyone absolutely thanks for listening we're at Gems of Rocket Gmail if you want to shout at us uh, we're on Facebook we're on Insta we're probably other places as well but yeah shout at us let us know what you think of us even if you hate us just shout it that's all good but yeah thanks for listening guys take care and we'll see you soon cheers to our bye